Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. Welcome to episode 443 of the AFTN podcast. I am Joe DC. Today I'm joined by Peter Hicken. Great to be back for another Whitecaps season. Real question, Peter, is are you ready to get hurt again? I think I am. I think after a long winter, I, uh, a long footballless winter really for North American soccer, I am, yeah, I've recovered and I'm, I'm ready to get hurt again. Yes. As, as Michael Scott said. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, it's, it's a pattern with, with all sports, I guess, but we, we build up optimism while the team isn't playing. And then once a game comes around, it can burst like a bubble. I think last season, though, that was the exact thing that happened after first kick, um, if you recall. I remember, uh, well, you know, they were pretty good at the start. And, but yeah, it, Oh, wait, oh, wait, wait. Oh, I'm thinking of, um, no, yes, I am. I'm thinking they were good before the MLS is back tournament. Yes. They were good against, they were good against, they got the win against the Galaxy. And uh, that game they tied, or no, they lose their home game? I, I think the first game, I remember because they had that whole um, fan meet up outside the stadium to welcome Right, them. right. Um, there was a big glow of positivity and I guess my only memory of that is being very disappointed on the Skytrain ride home. So I'm assuming they lost, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's almost like, because every single year, you know, you get you, different franchises and different fan bases have different levels of reasons to be optimistic, but I feel like we almost feel ourselves as you're almost like part of the team and you almost feel like, you know, whatever hand we've been dealt, you know, we have a bad roster this year. We have to believe that it's going to work or else it most certainly won't, which yeah. is rather irrational for us as fans since we don't really have any say in the matter. I mean, I guess in the yeah. stands you might have some effect, but... Yeah, yeah. We've, yeah. Gotten, we've gotten very philosophical about being fans, but uh, yeah, I guess we're, we're in for a fun ride this season because the, the Whitecaps have put together a pretty exciting team, but that doesn't mean anything unless they get results. Um, and so far in preseason, they, they have gotten results. Uh, I think technically three games played, but really two games played by the senior team and both somewhat positive results. How, how do you think uh, they, they did in those uh, warm-up matches? Yeah, I thought, I thought they were good. I, I had, didn't have a chance to properly sit down and analyze them, but I thought it was promising the results. I know against, or they lost Indy 11, 
um, in a preseason game after the Chicago win. But um, they played – I think they played their B team almost completely for that because it was a back-to-back fixture. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so generally I think it's been positive. But, I mean, at the same time, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be um, pessimistic even if the results weren't positive given how much of the squad isn't with them right now. It's true. Yeah, like how, how many starters would you guess? Like four starters stuck on the wrong side of the border until just the other day? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, right, I mean, like we're probably, yeah, we're probably at least four, uh, five, five or six starters away from our probably ideal starting 11 right now yeah. as well. Not, not to mention one player that isn't even with the club yet because they keep talking about an attacking midfielder that we're supposed to believe is coming. Exactly. It's, it's, it's like, it's like a whole other player because they're kind of just waiting for them. <laughs> yeah. It's like everyone talks about how we're going to play four four two now because we're literally just waiting for the number 10. It's <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of think they have to play four four two. We'll get into the tactics later um, with the focus on this weekend's game against Portland um, uh, later on in the show. One one point about the preseason. Do you remember Mark Dos Santos's first preseason? Um, it was it was organized still by the the Rabo regime. So they had that trip to Hawaii, and then they had a training camp somewhere else. And it was so so disjointed. I, I actually think this preseason is a bit more thought out, even though we're dealing with the global pandemic, and um, it's 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 somehow a bit more joined together than than that preseason was in a pre-pandemic world yeah no a hundred percent because i remember yeah they went to they went to hawaii and they played in that pacific uh like pacific tournament yeah i think rsl was in it and they had teams from japan and then they went they went to la after so it definitely seems i mean i guess i guess it's also the pandemic there's just a bit more foresight earlier in the off season thinking about okay how exactly are we going to do this or what is going to work and they've They've definitely put together uh yeah, it definitely seems more structured this time. The facilities in Utah are great and they've been and they've had a they had a proper preseason in Vancouver and then, then they're down there. It's mm-hmm. just really a tragedy that so much of the squad hasn't been able to join them at, yeah. different, at different parts due to visa issues or quarantines or whatever. Yeah. H- hard to really blame anyone in the organization for that. And definitely a feeling that in the first few games of the season we won't quite see the squad that they that they worked hard to assemble. But I guess, like you said earlier, that's, that's the hand that was dealt. Um, if you had to, had to give a score for the preseason, just, you know, your impression, you're in my impression, I guess, standing from afar uh, watching um, social media clips of players working very hard to get back into fitness. What would you rate it uh, out of 10, let's say? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I suppose you're asking yourself if, because I mean, objectively, the preseason could have been a lot better because they could have had more players, but I mean, it's really beyond their control. So you can't really mark them mark against them for that. So, I mean, I'd probably give them, okay. Yeah. Seven and a half, seven. They've yeah. been, I think it's been good. I mean, because just so much, all the, all the things that are really negative about it, I think are beyond their control. Like they, they perhaps have had, could have had more games, but the white cups have also had a difficult situation because they had to have a preseason in Vancouver and they obviously had to get to the United States and they had to quarantine there as well. So it, I just, there hasn't really been much time for much more than they put in. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Probably around the same score for me, maybe maybe a seven. Definitely some bright spots. Cavallini's form and um, some of the goals that they scored were very nice. Um, I think on, on the Sunday show uh, with uh, Michael, Zach, and, and Steve, Steve. They, they, um, they spoke about 
how the goals were kind of mistake driven. uh, I think they were speaking specifically about the game against Chicago. Um, And as I was listening to that, I kind of thought to myself, it's a very good point, but most goals in MLS are kind of mistake driven. You have to be, you have to capitalize on those mistakes. And if they're doing that in preseason, it kind of, um, it's a good sign, (laughs) at least for the teams that will be lower in the standings. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, yeah, exactly. It can be, you can look at it as mistake driven, but I think for me, the bigger worry is when the mistakes or more so the opportunities from the Whitecaps point of view present themselves and the team doesn't capitalize. So, I mean, like we saw that, um, like for Cavallini particularly, you saw a bit of that in the last season's preseason where he mm-hmm. missed a penalty, missed a sitter, and he did the same thing against Bermuda. But I think that game against the Cayman Islands gave him a lot of confidence and he seems to be carrying that form into the preseason as well. So, I mean, it's, it's certainly more promising from a goal-scoring perspective than it, than it appeared last preseason. Yeah, yeah. And the goal-scoring has been historically a huge challenge for this club, and I think Cavallini is well-placed to uh, tackle that kind of existential issue that we Whitecaps fans have. Um, chance generation, I think, is the, the issue lurking around the corner. If we don't get that number 10... We're going to have to look internally to the squad um, for generating quality chances against quality opposition. I think the, the signings that the Whitecaps have made on the wings um, are, are, are solid, like the fullbacks and Sesedo uh, uh, on the wing as well. Like, I, I think that will, that will generate opportunities, but sometimes you need that player that can unpick a lock with a key pass, and I don't think we quite have that yet. Yeah, well, I mean, it's certainly... I, I looked at highlights of um, Kyle Alexander when they signed him, and he looks really promising to me. I think he can. I think he looks as close to, you know, an, a proper number eight slash, or yeah, more of a number eight that we since Pedro Morales left. But at the same time, I mean, exactly, you can't depend entirely. We're also we're not also not going to have him for a few for a few yes. games too. He's still in his quarantine, so I mean, it's promising. But uh, definitely at the start of the season, we're we're going to be lacking in chance creation most likely. Yeah. I just hope it's not going to be long ball city again. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing is to Santos often when we kind of haven't had the, we haven't really had the, the players. He's, he hasn't pushed for a, he hasn't kind of been, okay, you know, give it to them. And regardless of what we've got on, what we've got here, you know, just press them and all the rest of it. It's kind of been more of a sit back and bunker or, or a regression to the the Robo tactics of the later yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, tough to watch sometimes, but um, yeah, let's let's give them a chance to play a competitive game before we label them anything. I suppose. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's let's have a quick chat about um, about Portland, who have already been playing competitive games in the in the Concacaf Champions League. They had a two two draw with Marathon, the Honduran team, and then a five nil win. Really scary five nil win from the Whitecaps perspective. Um obviously Peter, those two games are going to benefit them in terms of match readiness when it comes to the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I I didn't get a chance to watch the two two draw, but um I did get a chance to watch the highlights from the five nothing smashing of, of Marathon in in Portland and yeah the the Portland. I mean, I I don't know enough about Honduran soccer to know anything other than the fact that Marathon are historically a good team and they're in mid-season form. But I mean, Portland looked really good. I mean, all all the MLS teams actually have 
in CCL right now. They all are in terrific form. Yeah, yeah, they look very solid. If if you were a player who didn't like to run, would you join a team called Marathon? <laughs> Probably not. Okay. Yeah. That's that was my uh, instinct. I wonder. I wonder what the name reasoning is for that name. Because I mean, yeah, I can Perhaps in Spanish, it means something different. But. <laughs> well, I think Marathon originally is a place in Greece. Um, well, there was a battle of Mar- of Marathon, and there's a story behind that. But that's where the name Marathon comes from. So maybe it's something to do with that. I, I don't know. It's also just a cool name, I guess. At the end of the day, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Port- Portland, you know, will probably be more ready than the Whitecaps. Um, they their core is still very much intact. I think. Um, I, I had a quick look at their signings. They signed a couple of fullbacks and a midfielder or two, but uh, maybe I missed a big announcement because I was detoxing from MLS, but uh, I didn't really see anything game-changing in terms of their transfers, um, unless you know any differently, Peter. Uh, no, I mean, they've got, they signed, well, with the departure of Valentin to Houston in 2020 and Viafania to the Galaxy this offseason. Um, they they needed to reinforce a left back, and they also the the loan from I think it was San Lorenzo or maybe it was River Plate on Jorge Morera, who was their right back last year. So they they basically had to start from scratch at fullback. But they've signed they signed Claudio Bravo, yeah, who's twenty three Argentinian, and they also signed uh, Van Rankin from Chivas Guadalajara. He was on loan at Pumas last season. Um, 27-year-old Mexican fullback. But both of them, both of them, I have to emphasize, are very good players. Like they're they're not. Whereas in the past, you you, you can kind of cheap out at fullback, and you can get a player that's either not very good quality or they're really a dime in the rough. Both of these players, I have to like Van Rankin's an established player. He's a good player, and Claudio Bravo is a youth, a young player with a lot of potential. But he's also already played plenty of matches in Argentinian football, and he's got the pedigree there. So, I mean, they've really reinforced the backline well. Yeah. And a lot of the players that, as Whitecaps fans, we might have PTSD about are just going to pull on that Portland jersey again and we're going to have to watch them potentially tear the Whitecaps apart again. Uh, the types of, like, Diego Valeri, Diego Chara, uh, Yimmy Chara, um, Polo. Mora, yeah, there's, 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 there's a whole list. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the only blessing is that Sebastian Blanco is still out due yeah. to injury. But, well, I mean, it's not really a blessing. I hope he gets better. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's a blessing for the Whitecaps. Um, but, I mean, yeah, they've really... The, and with, with Portland, I mean, there's, there's also there's the chemistry, there's the fitness, and then there's the roster, right? And yeah. then this team, other than those two new fullbacks, is the same team that it was yeah, last, for last year and the year before that, too. And the yeah. fitness is good. And yeah, they've also they've got a damn good roster. Yeah, I think when you're looking at a list of people who are going to challenge for the MLS Cup, they're not far down there. And exactly for the reason that you mentioned, just the core is so is so strong. And uh, I I think uh, Gio Savarese has done a really good job there. Like I I really doubted when he was I had doubts of him when he was announced as the coach because I think he coached um, the Cosmos. The Cosmos, yeah, he coached the Cosmos. He was appointed. Oh yeah, he was appointed in 2019. I believe it was this. Was it was it the season before DeSantos or the same season? I think it was before, if I had to guess. But yeah, I don't know. I I just remember what I remember watching his press conference when he got um, the job because I mean Portland, as much as their arrival, is a club that I admire. And 
I mean, I remember just listening to when, how it, his press conference, and I mean, all press conferences are, are all, all managers seem sparkly and promising when you, before they have to see the pitch, but he definitely, he definitely gave a go, off a good feeling that he's, that he's backed up in his past three or four seasons with the club. Yeah, he, he's an impressive individual, and um, it, it's almost hard to talk about them in a different way because they're just so con- consistent, built around the same players. Like, what, what can we hope for as a, as a team in their conference, that their core is aging or something like that? Like, I, I don't think that's a realistic thing to pin your hopes on because the qualities that their players have, they're, they're, not, they're not like a speedy team. They're a, a clever, grindy team, right? Those are things that don't really get affected by, by age. If, if anything, you know, your intelligence increases as you gain more experience. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. And all season, I think maybe game or match week one is the closest we get to them in the standings because I think we'll be talking about two different halves of the, of the conference moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I mean and they're, they're also smart about it too. Like they've got, I think, four players that are over 30. One of them's, one of them's the keeper. And the other three are Blanco, Valeri, and Chara. But they've they've been smart enough to put younger, mm-hmm. you know, more active players around them. So there's less of, there's less of a burden. Like they're concentrated in the spine of the, spine of the team, and yeah. there's less there's less running these those guys need to do in their respective positions. And Chara can kind of just sit and wait until somebody until there's a turn or a break, and then he can you know use the energy he saved up just kind of standing there and yeah. take care of it. That's a really good point. That's a intelligent roster building that we can admire from afar um that that said i think um you know we'll we'll end this segment with uh, a new game that we've we've uh, devised for this season um it's one thing that the preview pod is known for is trying to embarrass each other by exposing lack of knowledge <laughs> um in in fields that we claim to have uh we, ca- we, we claim to have expertise in but uh yeah let's have a go at this one so this game is it's we're going to call it over under so what's going to happen is Peter and I are going to look at stats from the 2020 season, so uh, last year, and we've, we're going to use the stats of the team that we're about to face. So this is Portland Timbers this week. Um, and we can pick any, any particular stat, and we'll put the question to the other person, is it over or under uh, a given value? So, for example, if I said uh, the goalkeeper Steve Clark, I would ask Peter, uh, 15 appearances and if he thinks he made more than 15 appearances he would say over if he thinks less he would say under and if he's right he gets a point that's basically how it goes so that being said i will put the first question to peter so peter diego valeri yellow cards three. Oh, uh under you're correct he only had one yellow card <laughs> It doesn't take me for a guy, Valeri. He draws a lot of fouls. Um, all right. Uh, Felipe Mora, eight goals. Ooh, I will go under. You're correct. He, may, he scored seven. Okay. See, you put the line right next to the true answer, which is, you know, not quite fair. But anyway, I'll, <laughs> I'll let it slide this time. Um, let's see. So, Yimmy Chara, five appearances. Uh, over. You're right. Eight appearances was the answer. I didn't realize he made so few. Was he injured? I'm not sure, actually, but that surprised me as well. That's why I picked it. (laughs) Yeah, I figure he must have been injured. Um, 
All right. Well, I will. I'll. Th- I'll throw a more specific shot about Yumi Chara at you. He scored six goals and four assists last year. Over or under? Um. Under. Yeah, under. He scored. I mean, it's well. He only made. He, how many appearances did he make? He only made eight. Yeah. Eight. Well, yeah. That that would have been remarkable uh, value from or. Yeah. Yeah. Value for time, I suppose. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's, he scored four goals and he assisted three times last season. Incredible efficiency. Um, we're neck and neck going into the final round. Maybe the first one of the year uh, is going to be a draw. So let's see. Um, so I'll throw a player that I didn't actually realize was with the Timbers last year, but Chris Duval. Did he make over or under 12 appearances? Uh Oh boy. Um, see, I'm not entirely sure they had that right back last year, that Paraguayan one. He might have gone back. <laughs> so, uh, 13, you said? Uh, 12. 12. Over. It's under. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I've got a chance. I've got a chance here. One shot, one opportunity. God, I should have yeah. had, had a harder one for last. All right. <laughs> Diego Chara, six yellows. Uh,. Surely more than six yellows. Hey, you got eight. Yes. <laughs> That's disappointing. <laughs> I was, my instinctive reaction was to say that Duval started less than that. But yeah. anyway, whatever. These, these fine margins that uh, separate us and will separate uh, the Whitecaps and the Timbers, hopefully uh, on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'll take, I'll take three, two, regardless of who's got the three and who's got the two. <laughs> Just... Okay, then let's get into uh, our, our final section, I suppose, is the Whitecaps preview. Tactically, Peter, what do you think makes sense given the, the lack of bodies uh, on, that we're expecting on the weekend? I mean, you can, you could, like, I don't, I'm not too worried about whether you do, or I wouldn't, I don't see much of a implication from playing, you know, a 4-4-3 or a 4-4-2, because, I mean, they have, at the moment, they've really got like we're so we're stretched so thin. It's really three, three or uh, actually I forget is a is a Wusu healthy? He's or maybe he's well, not. He, he had an injury in the last preseason game, but I oh have, no he, no he he's out he's out. Yeah, he he must yeah. be, he must be out then. Yeah, so then as, as, that's my point. You've got about three midfielders. You could start. Um, you've got so I mean you could you could put Bear and Cavallini up top or something, and and then do something different but i mean they're they're probably gonna regardless they're probably gonna have to sit back a lot it's probably gonna be pretty compact yeah i think two banks of four will make a lot of sense um with with the two up front cavallini for sure but i'm worried that if you put bear up there first of all bear hasn't been playing very well um and he's also kind of the same he well he aspires to be the same player that cavallini is right big and physical and um, good movement. So I, I would be worried about having two of the same player up there. I think Dahomey maybe with with Cavallini, like uh, one person more around speed, one person more around strength. Not that Dahomey is not strong, but if you need speed to break into the wings or break through the lines, Dahomey could be that guy. Yeah, well, that's the thing, because I think you can... I mean, Portland has... Yeah, you know, we talked about Portland. They're They're going to be very dangerous you're probably going to have to sit back and defend a lot either way. If you think that tactically it's going to be more effective to have two big guys and just 
you know, play kick and run. And you can do, you could start Bayer and Cavallini up there. But if you think it's going to be a bit more technical of that, and you might need a player with a bit of a different skill set, then exactly, you can start to home it. But it's probably going to be two banks of four. Regardless what they put out the formation, they're going to be probably defending in two banks of four. Yeah. You could do an interesting thing with the forwards. So Dahomey, for example, who could do a bit more running. If you, out of possession, asked him to drop back, so it's like a 4-4-1-1, and then kind of not not mark Diego Chara, but get into the sphere of influence of of Diego Chara. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, you, you kind of use Dahomey to, like, kind of create space in the create space for Portland's two defending midfielders and then and try and yeah penetrate through there yeah I I think the midfield is kind of a toss-up you know you you could play uh Caicedo uh Janko Baldissimo Tybert uh anyone else who's healthy that we could throw in there I guess but the the back line is what really intrigues me like the the two fullbacks that were signed are unavailable so Looks like you're looking at uh, Gutierrez and Nerwinski, potentially. Um, Nerwinski, he's been playing for a while. I'm not super worried about him, although a few years ago he had one of the um, most difficult opening day appearances that I've ever remembered. I I think that was against Portland too, actually. Um, Gutierrez on the other side, are you a little bit worried about his experience level? I'm not not too worried about Gutierrez, to be honest. I think... I mean, as much as I love the idea of having Adnan and Gasper just kind of bombing up the, you know, overlapping and just bombing up the flanks, uh, I think Gutierrez provides a very, like if we're going to, you know, with Gutierrez and Nerwinski, those are the two guys we have right now. Um, they're both very defensive, but I'm not, I'm not too worried about, I think Gutierrez will actually complement the team going forward as more of a, a calmer defensive presence. Yeah. And, uh, and he looks good. He looks good against um, the Cayman Islands too. I mean, that's, you know, that's barely anything, but uh, you know, he's, I think, I think he proved himself to be, uh, he's not a worry in my mind when he starts a game, like as other players, I'm more worried about having issues than Gutierrez, at least from last season. Yeah. I'm just worried that like Valeri will drift out to that wing and Gutierrez will have to push up or something, but it's almost so. It's almost impossible to plan against that. You you'd want one of your defensive midfielders maybe to to stop the ball getting to Valeria at that point. It's it's kind of a tricky thing, and you would expect that Caps would need to adapt to whatever Valeria and Co decide to to put their uh, point of attack. Yeah. No. Exactly. I, the the only other yeah. There's not. I mean, for the for the players we have available right now, the I guess. The starting eleven, you'd think, kind of makes sense for itself. But the only other players I can really see outside of it, um, yeah, is really Metcalf and Ricketts. Because Metcalf was very good um, for the U20s. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that in the Olympic qualifying or the U23s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Metcalf is very good. And then I suppose there's Ricketts as well. But he'll, they'll probably. I mean, it's really you have to take out Tybert. I think is the only player you'd probably remove from the equation right now. And you you'd want to keep a player like Tybert in, exactly. Given how much, given how many attackers Portland's got, you're probably going to want to keep him because he can just he's he's all work great, right? So exactly, if it's getting kind of chaotic, Tybert can just be hustling all over the place, kind of trying to press them. Do, do you watch? Um, did you see that video of uh, Mark DeSantos mic'd up during some training sessions that the Whitecaps put out recently? 
Oh, I know I didn't. I saw one. I saw they. I saw they mic'd up a bunch of uh, players and MLS preseasons all over the all yeah. over the country, and that was entertaining. But I didn't get to see DeSantos's one. No, the DeSantos one. There was one thing that I took away from it. Um, obviously, we know he's a manager that likes to ask his team to press, but I, I think the the camera was showing DeSantos, so I'm not sure exactly what was happening to the players. But I think he was. He was speaking to Russell Tybert and he was asking him to go forward, like some maybe some kind of a, a passing pattern would trigger a movement for Tybert to go forward, which makes me think he's probably going to play on the left um, if, if that's what they were working on and that's what they were planning for. But Tybert going forward, like the last time I can remember Tybert going forward consistent, consistently was that time he got two goals against the Galaxy all those years ago. It's just not something we've come to expect from, from his body of work in, in MLS. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's that's the thing though. Tyrant's been in this club for so long, and I mean, I'm I'm too young to remember exactly how you know how he played back when he was a winger. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he played back back in 2011, and I, I don't know, if just that's just that season and the season after that. I don't know when he switched kind of to defensive mid. But I, from what I remember, he was you know quite dangerous in that position or he was definitely uh he was definitely a, an asset there so i mean hopefully DeSantis can get get more out of him because we've kind of just thought of him as a purely defensive player for the past you know five years yeah i think Jaden sancho on skates that's kind of what it was like <laughs> back then. yeah but anyway um yeah so you know we we know it's going to be a bit of a uh mishmash of people we know will start most games and some players that will or that are only starting because the the, the per- person who should be starting isn't able to make this game, I guess. Um, there's an AFTN watch-along party, so uh, if people are looking for something to do during the game, uh, make sure to tune into that. So we're going to try a new feature this year. We haven't come up with a name yet. I was thinking maybe Busey and the Beast, because I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Caroline. Caroline, say hi to everybody. <laughs> Okay, it's not going to be called Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah, there's a long season ahead. We can open it up to the, <laughs> to the listeners for suggestion. Um, what we thought we'd do is, um, uh, you know, Caroline, you're an expert in many things. History, um, you're very good at renovations, and many other things. One thing you're not an expert at is Major League Soccer and the Whitecaps. Is that fair? Yes, or any, any sport for that matter. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you play ultimate frisbee, but uh, yeah. Okay, so you're, you're, we've established that you're not an expert in in the Whitecaps. You've been to a few Whitecaps games before, though, right? One. One. It was actually the Canadian Championship final, the only trophy that the Whitecaps mm-hmm. won in the last few years. So not a not a bad game to be uh, to be at. Um, so the the feature we were thinking of uh, including this season is um, you as an outsider. Mm-hmm. Um, and potentially some of our listeners as new Whitecaps fans might not know some details about how the Whitecaps or how Major League Soccer works. So each week we'll randomly pick a topic and we'll discuss it a little, a little bit and uh, you know, maybe everyone can learn something along the way. How does that sound? <laughs> scary. <laughs> okay. So the topic we're going to cover this week, I'm going to randomly pull from this list, is designated player have you ever heard that term before designated player no what's your first impression for that uh phrase like jump straight to designated driver okay 
Okay. So the one player on the team, yes, (laughs) Uh, we should say Caroline is seven months pregnant at this point. But um, designated uh, player. Yeah. So it's not the player that can't drink and has to drive the team (laughs) the team bus home. That's not it. Um, Doesn't is it maybe the person that's supposed to take a penalty shot? He's designated to take the shot. You know, penalty. That's a very good. Uh, stab it because you teams do have designated penalty takers. Okay, but this is an actual thing. This is a rule or like a roster rule. Um, um, to, how many tries do I get to? Uh, we, we can move to on to this. we can move on to the <laughs> content. And at the end, I want you to tell me whether you think it's a good thing or not. Maybe. Okay. Um. So a designated player. It's actually this the designated player rule. It's part of um, Major League Soccer that um, Major League Soccer has a salary cap. I think. Teams can't spend more than four million dollars a year on on player salaries, right? That's their salary cap, which isn't a lot. Like Messi would make more than that in a month, and a whole team has to make four million dollars in a year in Major League Soccer. So it's not great, and it would be hard to attract big players. So um, the designated player rule—it's actually nicknamed the David Beckham rule. So right before David Beckham came to Major League Soccer, they made this rule just so that they could pay him and not have him be the only player on the team because all the money would go to him. So they're players that don't count towards the salary cap. Um, so it's just like a favored player. Pretty much. Yeah. Salary-wise. Yeah, and every team gets three um, is the rule. Okay, and that's just an MLS. Uh, or do you... Good question. Yeah, I think it pretty much is just an MLS. Okay. So like you would have three players on a team that get paid way more than everybody else. And teams don't have to use all three. Sometimes... Like Zlatan. Zlatan, probably for sure. Them. For sure. Who else do you think would have been a designated player? A man close to my heart. Rooney? Rooney. Of course. <laughs> he was definitely a designated player. Um, uh, and there's a ton of other weird... Anyone who's too... Too good to play for them, but too old to play for anyone else. You, you don't have to feel bad saying that okay. in terms of the White Cats fans, <laughs> because we all know it's very, very true. Um, in recent years, um, designated players, that those spots on the rosters, they've used them to um, get really good young South American players on the team, mm. um, because they want to get paid more than the average MLS player. But then the, the MLS team would sell that player to... A European team and make a ton of money so so they get money in the end yes yeah. so it's happened a few times hmm. um, some players that play in the Premier League ended up in the Premier League that way so yeah. that's the designated player rule I don't think it's a bad idea I think it's very badly named yeah it wouldn't be the first thing that was badly it's not named. very well named I think we're gonna touch on a lot of things <laughs> that are poorly named uh, if this feature does continue yeah yeah so, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down for the designated player rule? Yeah, thumbs for, up. Okay. Is that for the concept or? For the concept. Okay. The name, the name's a little dumb, okay. I'm not going to lie. So, um, that's the, this week's uh, feature. The working title is Busey and the Beast. Um, he did not run that by me first. Yeah. Well, that's, that's how a, a <laughs> successful marriage works, right? Is you don't run ideas by each other. <laughs> Ask your forgiveness instead of asking for, for permission. permission. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Caroline. And hopefully we'll uh, speak to you again next week. I'm always around. <laughs> um, Peter, we'll close with some predictions for, this, for the game. I think you, you said earlier you, you would take a 3-2 defeat. But what do you think will actually happen? Well, I, I, oh, in terms of uh, the same prediction styles we did last year? I think, I think we'll just go scoreline for now because this year just we have a okay. cast. 
Yeah, um, let's see. I mean, I, I'm very hopeful for the game. I'm going to tune in, uh, excited for what the season has to bring. But given how, um, how, how much, comparatively, given how much better fitness and form Portland's in, I, I don't really see a victory for the Whitecaps in this one. I am going to say optimistically to nothing. Okay. You know it's bad when that's optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe they'll prove me wrong. I would be yeah. delighted if they did. I think, I think the Caps are going to play incredibly, like more than, better than we expect. We're going to be extremely surprised by you know, the quality of the, of the Whitecaps play that we're going to see, and they're going to give Portland a really tough game. Portland won't know what hit them, and the score will be 1-1. 1-1, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see this Saturday? I believe it's Sunday. Sunday, okay. Well, it's this Sunday then. Although in, in a pandemic, who knows what day of the week it is. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I've lost track at this point anyway. <laughs> Every day is the same. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, the Whitecaps are here to bring some... Uh, uh, structure to our lives i guess <laughs> if not on the field um so peter where can people find you online you can find me online at peter hickens on twitter and you can find me at joe dc van on twitter as well thank you very much for listening to this week's aftn podcast um there'll be more shows throughout the week as we build up to the first game of the season and i hope everyone can enjoy the game one day i shall come back Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.